0: good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to the Film Buffs podcast. I'm Dan.
1: And I'm Alex.
2: And I'm Jono.
0: And today, we're going to be discussing the latest Mission Impossible film, Mission Impossible Fallout, and probably the other five movies of the series. So, uh, Mission Impossible 6 just came out a few weeks ago. Jono, how'd you like it?
2: I thought it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed uh, the action I enjoyed the stunts. I can really appreciate a film that, uh, that really showcases awesome stunt work throughout the entire film.
1: Yeah. And I
2: did think, uh, you know, a lot of these films tend to have a over-injection of that stuff. It's relentless. It's too mm-hmm. much. I-, I did think that there was a decent balance um, within this film.
0: Yeah, I I have to agree. I think that this film was very well crafted. I think they did like such a good job of of maintaining a balance, and like you said, like so many action films these days, it's just it's so ridiculous and it's so over the top. But uh, the way that they kept this like grounded in reality was awesome.
2: Alex, your thoughts?
1: My thoughts. I have to say that it's the best action film I've seen in the last one mission impossible 5 and 6 i think are amazing action pieces and are great contributions to this genre that's what i think like the characters are incredibly well developed the story is great like i love how they are trying to fulfill the circle and they're not just going around and having new arcs for each character each movie they keep like making you feel that these guys have been together for years, and that's something that you can truly appreciate. And more in this kind of genre, where like I don't know, if you think of Die Hard, they forget yeah. whatever happened in the last movie when they make a new one. And here is just it's it's something incredible. It's something that a lot of action movies nowadays should learn from. That's it.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, um, it's funny you brought up Die Hard because you know the the classic criticism of Die Hard is that it's like uh what john McClane starts out in the first movie as just a normal cop and he's out of his depth right but then in the last one he's flying motorcycles into helicopters right And becomes like a, a superhero
1: <laughs> i haven't but, seen the last one to be honest oh man well that's yeah, just the hero
2: insane. that's just the hero's journey dan
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> joseph campbell <laughs> yeah when they, uh, you're rescuing a building, and the next one you're flying in motorcycles. Yeah,
2: that's that's the yeah. end of the journey is flying into <laughs> <That's> a helicopter <laughs> with a motorcycle. <laughs> that's what you know.
0: You become a hero. <laughs> yeah, that's, come, that's quite but, an
1: interesting view. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but what I like so much about the Mission Impossible series is that um, they're always like outdoing the stunts that they did before, but they never. Um, they never take it so far that it becomes ridiculous. Agree. Right? And I think that's what's so cool about the movies is that they're, they're keeping the stunts uh, 100% practical. You know, like it's Tom Cruise is actually jumping that building on, you know, j- with just a couple of wires and he's actually falling, doing that big rope fall and all those sort of things. But I never feel that it, it gets like, I don't ever feel like they're trying to outdo themselves You know, like a lot of sequels, it's just like, okay, and this one we started here. And then the next one, it's like, okay, now we have way more money and way more budget to do these huge, fantastical things. But I feel like this one, these movies are almost just, I don't want to say that keeping in the formula, but like, it's like each movie is just a new film rather than a sequel. Does that make sense?
1: It makes total sense. Yeah. But like at the same time, they keep you know like progressing the story yeah exactly i'm, I'm really just cool. thinking
0: like from that, that classic like sequel perspective of like let's just go bigger better and blah 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 we have more money we'll just throw more yeah, visual like, effects at just it like these Alien. ones are staying simple yeah exactly they're staying simple they're actually stripping back and getting more and more uh grounded i think which is really cool
1: yeah what do you think Jonathan?
2: I definitely think I, I would say that they the <clears throat> the sequel element to it. I mean, you Alex you were saying they yes.
0: So, I think there's just a bit of a delay there.
2: Oh, well, Go you ahead. won't hear that delay when this is all edited seamlessly together thanks to <laughs> the the editing stylings of Alex. But yeah, yeah. I do think I mean, you, Alex you were saying that there's a certain um uh, there is a they aren't reinventing these characters every time there is a certain sequel element to it the st- the story continues with these characters they've uh you know Ethan Hunt has been a a very uh well established character over the year, years from number 1 all the way up to this one number 6 but yeah i do think that uh and that there's certain a demand for that nowadays and i think the marvel universe is certainly given audiences a taste of cinematic universes, which I do find so interesting. Like we were talking about this before we were recording, you lose track of the Impossible, Mission Impossible films a little bit. They don't, uh, they, but that that's something, there's something to be said for that, right? It's like, wow, they've already been, they've already gotten to six. Like they've, this is a franchise now, right? This is an ongoing story mm-hmm. of multiple characters and my goodness, I'm looking at the covers and posters of these films, and they're very consistent in their design work. So, <laughs> at least all the way up yeah, to I mean, three. That... So, I mean, there there is an ongoing story there, but you're right. These, uh, these, these f- films certainly function as standalones um, in the, I guess, Mission Impossible universe. Can we say that now?
1: Yeah, I think we can. Yeah, I
0: already... think when you get to to six films, I think that it's a universe.
1: Yeah, and they built right. a universe with the same actors. I characters. would say
0: I would say that they do kind of
2: one up themselves a little bit every time. I mean, in Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, Tom Cruise was hanging Strat- off the side <laughs> of a, a jet or a um, a, well, a military plane, which was quite oh, no, impressive. That's,
0: uh, that was uh, that was number five. That was. Oh, was it? That, that was Rogue Nation. Yeah, that no. was Rogue
2: Nation. See, yeah. so we, all get, we all get we get confused um, with so <laughs> he was,
1: and then with the uh, with the numbers.
2: Yes, again, we've lost track of those uh those numbers a little bit there.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like I don't know most of most of the people when when you think about James Bond, like they don't know which one it's anymore. Like, is what twenty what well. twenty what? It's insane. <laughs> yes, well. Like there's so many now <laughs>
0: coming up on twenty five. That's right. Oh, that's twenty five right now. Yeah. Well, yeah, 25 next year.
1: That's crazy. That's crazy. Yes. I don't think I don't think Tom Cruise is going to make it that is crazy. to Mission Impossible 25.
0: Well, you know, it's actually pretty cool though cuz like no one none of the James Bonds have been around and played this the James Bond for as long as Tom Cruise has played Ethan Hunt. Who has played it's, it the uh, most? Uh the most films has been um Roger Moore. Whoa. He did seven films, but the longest sort of tenure is Daniel Craig because he, he's been in it for, let's see, when did they cast him? In 2005? So say since 2006, so okay. it's been 12 years. Wow. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, Tom Cruise did uh, Mission Impossible, the first one, in 1996. So he's been Ethan Hunt for 22 years now.
1: He knows the character, and he actually kind of believes he's Ethan Hunt now. Like, have you seen him jump from a parachute? It's insane. Like, yeah. He doesn't care. I
2: saw a little piece on that but before we watched uh, the film, and it was uh, it's quite impressive. You kind of forget how much Tom Cruise actually does in his films. And uh, I've had this discussion. I feel like, you know, let's be honest here. Tom Cruise has had an, an interesting... Uh, Narrative in the public eye over the past few years. I don't know why, but uh, but uh, (laughs) you talk to you talk to most people about him, and I think a lot of it is lent to um, or stems from his performances in the Mission Impossible. Uh, franchise and that's that he's uh, he really is a pretty impressive guy like you can tell he's like he la- yeah. he works he works hard he does this stuff he gets out there he puts himself out there which I found very impressive about this film and you forget how much he actually does um, yeah. so I respect the guy I really do I think he's fantastic
0: I, I love the guy I have so much good things to say about him there's a speaking of, of that Jotto, like how much he does and, and how intense of a person he is uh, there's a great story in Rob Lowe's Autobiography. He's talking about auditioning for with uh, for a movie with Francis Ford Coppola when they were young. Like this is before Risky Business and all this sort of stuff came out before Tom Cruise Tom Cruise. And he's in there and Tom, um, Rob Lowe is watching Tom Cruise audition for Francis Ford Coppola. And all of a sudden he just stops. He says, "I'm sorry, Francis. This isn't working for me." <laughs> <laughs> <And> he, <laughs> He's like he's a nobody kid actor but he's just like that intense and that like focused and he knows exactly what he needs. Yeah. He has
1: so much energy, man. I wish I could be like yeah. like, like that, man. He's well, 15. I mean,
2: you can't get <laughs> <laughs> you can't get I can't quite get enough of the Tom Cruise run and I we got a lot of yeah. that in this film. Like copious yes. amounts it, of Tom Cruise strides. It's such good form. I, like, like there's no it is. There's no pronated, He's so, like, supinated so, upright. <laughs> <Yeah>. just, <laughs> it's all straight. In the,
1: in the red carpet, like, he has so much energy. He loves everyone. Like, most of the yeah. actors just get tired of hearing the same question. And he just goes around and answers every question like if it was the first time it was asked. Yeah. yeah. Give me a second, yeah. guys. I worked, so uh, give me yeah. a, one second.
0: Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'll tell okay. a story in between. Um, there you go. I worked with a guy in Vancouver who had worked with on a movie with Tom Cruise. And he told me that Tom Cruise is the absolute consummate professional, like uh, where a lot of movie stars be like, oh, no, the production will wait for me. Tom Cruise is ready to go every single time. Like he's pushing the crew to move faster. He's just like, come on, guys, like, let's go. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's get this done. We got to do this. And he's just always on. And apparently he's just an absolute joy to work with.
2: Well, that's always good. His parents must be so proud. Who are Tom Cruise's <laughs>
0: parents, by the way? I <laughs> just want to. Can we get them on people. the phone, Mr. Yeah. Cruise?
1: I'll get him on the phone.
0: It's like, okay, you call. You call Tom's dad, and we'll have a chat with Tom's dad. They raised yeah. that guy right. But
2: yeah, overall, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a pretty fun film and pretty enjoyable, exciting, interesting at at points. Um, mm-hmm. I did have. I didn't think it was a perfect film, though. Like uh, it was. Uh, like I said I thought it was good action and uh at point at points like I will say that there are some unbelievable moments there. I mean uh the the helicopter hooked on the cliff part mm-hmm. was uh you know there were there, there's a lot of yeah. there, I found myself consciously suspending my disbelief.
1: Like who gets along that well with his ex-wife, right? Like that's not real.
2: Yeah. Well, it's right exactly. <laughs> He's got, at least he's got, yeah, he, yeah, he's got women in his life that care about him, though, so that's very nice. I don't think that's no true. one's
1: ex-wife would care as much for someone, but if your ex-husband is Ethan well, Hunt, like, you would be like, I don't want this guy against me, right? He can kill yeah. me in my sleep.
0: <laughs> I will say, back to the action of it, um, this was one of those movies that was that was literally like edge of your seat gripping. You know, like I hadn't had that movie experience where I was like, oh my gosh, like this feels like it was so intense. And I was in the movie with a bunch of people and like people were gasping and like they were shocked. You could feel the emotion when these stunts were happening. And I remember the last time I really had that like edge of my seat gripping action movie experience was when I was like 13, I think. And I was watching uh, this vertical limit and the main character runs, I think it's, uh, what's his name? Robin from Batman and Robin, yeah, Chris O'Donnell, I think. Yeah, he runs and he does the huge like cliff jump. But I remember at that age, I had this weird revelation during that movie that of like, oh, okay, the main character isn't gonna die at this point in the film. So I, in that moment, I was able to release all of that tension and 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 that much investment into the film but this time i was so involved in it again so it was it was a pretty cool experience i was
2: gonna say that that reminded me this film in that moment reminded me of vertical limit very much really oh Oh, they have an helicopter
1: in vertical limit right and 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 someone (laughs) tries to jump there it's off the the it's
2: almost hitting the cliff and they're trying to jump off of the the cliff and it does end up hitting it and then the the prop the the rotor the rotor comes super close to the girl's face on the cliff? Do you not remember that? No, no, I don't remember uh, that. Yeah. I
0: remember in in the first Mission Impossible when Tom Cruise like blows up the helicopter and then is like thrown back onto the train. Then the it's the same sort of thing. Like the the rotor helicopter comes like right up to his neck and almost kills him at the end of the film. But I don't remember that in Vertical Limit. Yeah, I need, no, to, I need to watch Vertical
1: it. Limit again.
0: Maybe we should do Vertical Limit next week. It was a
2: that was a classic kind of '90s action film thriller kind of yeah. thing. Well, not yeah, thriller, it was, but thrill ride. ride.
1: The time where like every single movie in the theater were disaster movies. Remember? Yeah. Like volcano. Uh, oh, yeah. D- yeah. Dante's Peak, or I don't remember the name of that one. Dante's and Peak. Vertical yeah. Vertical Limit. Yeah, it was Here's like Brosnan. for f- <laughs> for four years they were only doing movies about like how nature hates us. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't oh yeah and was, wasn't ronald emmerich the director for vertical limit who ronald emmerich the guy from independence day
0: oh i don't know i don't know i haven't seen uh, <laughs> i haven't seen vertical limit since the movie theater. i'm gonna i'm gonna look that up um how did you uh how'd you how'd you like the the white widow
1: what we know uh, oh no wait 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 sorry i have to go back to that martin campbell was the director for vertical limit
0: oh so he did uh, he did golden eye james yeah. bond director of golden eye and uh, casino royale
1: yeah and the mask of the sorrow
0: and don't forget don't forget he also did the green lantern
1: oh yeah the the best superhero film ever
0: yes very much so uh, so anyway, uh, how'd you guys like the the White Widow character, uh,
2: played I thought,
0: by Vanessa Kirby?
2: I thought uh, well, I like Vanessa Kirby. I think she's great.
0: I yes, I do too. Uh,
2: I thought she did a fantastic job. Actually, I really I I thought she I thought not just acting wise, but the character was mm-hmm. I thought an interesting element to uh, to the story. And uh, they they did flip her. Um, they they did uh there there were a lot of great character reveals in that i thought like what their actual motives uh were throughout the film and i thought that she was a relatively interesting one yeah. there was a lot i i can appreciate the amount that i didn't expect from a lot of these characters um throughout the film her actually i mean obviously a lot of them are serving their own uh self-interest throughout the film her mm-hmm. in particular but uh how many people were actually on um we're serving the same cause for whatever reasons of uh, ego what is it called et- uh, ethic <laughs> <laughs> I can't even remember uh, ethical <laughs> egoism I don't know, but Cali- ethical Zanin. egoism they're all serving <laughs> ethical, their own okay. interests um yep. so they're uh, yeah everybody kind of had their own motives that all came back that you didn't really expect so I I thought that hmm. was pretty decent um I thought there was a rather, a rather cliche kiss between her and Tom Cruise, but that was, yeah. uh, <laughs> I didn't really think that was I think that, that was, was one of the, it was like, yeah, there's a, the most, they built like, up all that unnecessary moments. That, they built up all that sexual tension for nothing. And then I was like, ah, yeah. that's not really necessary, but hey, yeah,
0: whatever. I, yeah, I agree. I I, okay. I like the character. I think Vanessa Kirby does a fantastic job, but I, yeah, it was one of those moments where it was like, uh, it's, it reminded me of the moment in Spectre, when um, when James Bond is getting tortured and Madeline Swan comes up to him, she's like, I love you out of nowhere. It's like, what? Like, So stupid. Why is that necessary right now? It makes no sense. Yeah, like, it didn't really I, make sense.
1: I think the, the character yeah. was good, but I felt yeah. it was kind of underdeveloped. And I don't like that they have to solve who she was with exposition. I think it would have been more interesting that Tom Cruise finds out talking to her something and not because someone tells her like, you know what? Like she's a double agent. She's helping us. That kind of bothered me, but it's an interesting character. I like that. They're giving like some sort of power to the female characters in this film. Like they are really important part of this movie. It's kind of cool.
0: Yeah. Well, after watching that one, um, the fifth one, I've gone back, I watched the originals again, and it was interesting for me to see. Do you guys remember the character of Max in the first film?
1: Yeah, the the she, lady who has the USB thing, or
0: yeah, she gets the, the knocklist, list, or is no. trying to. She's Back the one who's trying USBs to upload the
1: Super high tech.
0: Oh man, this is the thing. <laughs> I loved watching the first one because it was like, like technology. It just dates the movie so much. Well, I wonder but, uh, if they've
2: that, kind of realized that over the years because they, they, yeah. they I felt like the technology was. I, I noticed how absent the technology yes. was in this film, like a lot. There wasn't that, any, there wasn't anything impressive about it. The first one was so tech heavy at the yeah. time. I remember it was, uh, yeah, just a, the same weight wasn't carried with that. Even yeah. in Mission Impossible too, I remember there being quite a bit going on with the gadgets, yeah, the sunglasses. With the gadgets, yeah.
0: Well, that's that's the thing. Like, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up, John, because I was going to get to that a bit later, but like... The the way that the iPhone has changed technology so much that there's like, you know, in 1995, we didn't have any of this stuff. We hardly had personal computers. So, like, everything you're seeing in those films is so new and, like, you see him on the internet. And I remember as a kid watching that as he's, like, sending the emails and it's, like, that old analog sort of look of the email being sent out. And it was so, like, wow, that was really cool. But you look at it now and it's, it's hilarious. But... What I didn't like about the new one is that the iPhone is so prevalent, you know? It's like, that's the tool that they're using all the time to get things done is the phone. So you have the characters and they're running around and they're just looking down at at the phone rather than like, oh, we have this unique piece of technology that does this specifically.
2: Mm -hmm. You know, it's like
0: the iPhone is so multifunctional and it's just like, I feel like that's a bit of a problem right now and that filmmakers can't think past the iPhone. They can't put any technology but that's better than right Wonderf. At they... least
1: right now they're using the, the UI of the iPhone. Before, remember, like back in MI four or three, they would create a new UI and it would be something that it's completely ridiculous and makes no sense with the Apple ecosystem. But they would use Nokia phones that had like the most advanced technology. At least right now we know that yeah. they're using the actual ios you know
0: yeah yeah no i get that but i just feel like like it's not interesting to watch people use an iphone yeah you know, not it's anymore such a, it's such a mundane thing so to see like the elite mission impossible am i what are they what are they called the impossible mission force using phones to get their missions done it's kind of like well all right mm. I don't know. To, to me it's underwhelming
1: yeah i you know yeah like i can appreciate that they're not trying to fool us anymore with phones that we have in our hands making us believe that they have completely different you know os well there are other (laughs) films
2: that are that are successfully doing that i just kind of think it's interesting that mission impossible doesn't see hasn't seemed to have carried the torch in that area when i where i do think that at least when i used to watch the original films there was a it was something that was, I, I agree with you, a little bit hokey at times, but it definitely was an important part to uh, the impossibility of the mission and yeah. its success, you know, right? So, yeah. Um, but they've still kept that uh, rather. <laughs> archaic technology of a tape that self-destructs
0: that's still there yeah (laughs) you know what i i did kind of like that i like that this movie pushes analog in such an interesting way you know like it starts out and he gets the book it's the i think it's the odyssey right like so it's one of the oldest pieces of western literature we have and then he he opens it up and it's a tape it's an old-fashioned tape and there was a lot of that like analog stuff in the film that we kept seeing and i kind of like that actually
1: and it was shot on film
0: Exactly, it was shot on film as well, and the stunts were all done practically. <laughs> well, oh, I'm sure they're what are you uh, trying to tell us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, <sure.
2: laughs> well, maybe they are returning to uh, their roots or beyond their roots because they're just skipping right back to technology that wasn't even uh, was was old at the time that they first started this franchise. So, yeah. you know, books it's and cool. such. <laughs> yeah,
0: who reads books, <laughs> books and such? <laughs> Hey, I, I constantly read books. I just bought one again yesterday. Dan, come it was on. Hemingway. Ernest oh, Hemingway.
2: Hemingway. Right. Wow.
1: He's so romantic. Uh, but anyway, I, w- <laughs> I
0: wanted to jump back to the White Widow because watching it again and then watching the first one, you could totally see the character connection between the White Widow and Max. Because the way that, that uh, the older lady, well, I guess she's not that old, but Tom Cruise is the young guy. And, and in... The first one, she's the older, sort of very sexual, very like vivacious older lady, and uh, she almost Vanessa Kirby almost plays the White Widow identically. Like they have a very similar energy, that very hypersexual, very intrigued. I don't know. It was it was an interesting little parallel.
1: Yeah, I didn't think of it like that. I haven't seen Number One for a couple of years now.
0: Yeah, I went back and watched it, and that, that one really, really stood out to me, was the the similarity of the character. But I liked it. I thought it was cool.
1: Yeah, number, one, I, I love, number one, it's one of my favorite action films. Like, I remember watching it as a kid, and and it, it was so impressive. I had a N64 game of that movie. I don't know if you guys had it. Yeah. It was so cool. It was just like the movie.
0: No, I, I never played that one. It was so good. From that era, I remember Goldeneye, and that's about it.
1: Yeah, like... I, I'm Actually, I'm actually, I'm lying. It was not a good game. It was quite bad. Like, you would shoot <laughs> someone in the head, and they would say, like, good shot. <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> they, so you shoot someone in the head,
0: and they would congratulate you yeah, exactly. on killing them. Yeah, That's, yeah, yeah. Uh, you they don't, don't make, to life.
2: They just don't make villains like they used to. <laughs> they yeah. really
0: don't. They used to be They're so really much looking for the, Really look it up for your kid's self-esteem in that video game.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you it's can like become it, one thanks. of the gods. God.
2: <laughs> yeah, my my dying words will probably be "nice shot" as well. <laughs> nice shot, guy. Nice shot.
1: You were better than me. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: you know but what? My... That was nice. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, I have to to talk about that game. It was it was good in my nine year old self to my nine year old self, yeah. but now. If i play it i think it would be the worst game i've ever played not like golden eye mm-hmm. yeah. golden eye is awesome
2: yeah i was uh i didn't really get onto the golden eye train or the oh, train or the mission impossible one to be honest i was i was full-on into zelda so
0: yes yeah, yeah
1: me too that was my my thing but yeah. but like yeah, I, like I everyone was zelda talking about here. everybody was talking about golden eye i'm like I, I need to play that I need to play that and I played it, but I, I went back to Zelda after like a week. I find shooters kinda boring, really. Mm.
0: Yeah, me too. Me too. I never enjoyed them. Yeah,
1: like yeah, me movies either. movies with shootouts are cool, but games, I don't know. Just kinda gets boring after, after a while. Yeah, let's yeah. keep talking about Mission Impossible.
0: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Lots yeah. of nice segues. So, yeah. Segways are great. Um, okay, so I know everyone likes to pan the second film. But I watched the second film again recently, and I gotta say, I, I still like this film. Everyone gives it a hard time. Like I, I heard somebody call it "unwatchable" recently. And uh, was it me? <laughs> I, I, I don't know if it was you. I think it was another, uh, another podcast that I listened to. They called it "Unwatchable." And I've always liked this film, so I decided to watch it again after many, many years. And um, I'm going to go to bat for it. I'm going to say it's a pretty good film. There's definitely some bad choices in the film but uh i don't know what do you guys think i hate it
1: mission impossible I, I, too like i yeah. I, w- I watched it again like yeah. a couple weeks ago when we were talking about doing this and yeah. i i was just questioning myself so many things like how can someone make so many bad choices in one film how can you say so many stupid things in one minute like that scene okay hang on, hang on,
0: so what, what, what are you talking about what what didn't you like nothing the, like
1: <laughs> <laughs> just that scene no no bit.
0: what did you like what didn't oh, you what, like oh what did i like that's
1: <laughs> that's a hard what did i like i like when the credits roll <laughs>
0: <laughs> you like the end when the experience no, is over i
1: actually really like the the intro scene when when he's climbing i think that's awesome mm-hmm. i think that's incredibly yeah. well done and i don't like the music at all from the whole film I think it's awful. Mm-hmm. I think it's like really cheesy and and really 2001.
0: Yeah, it's actually they 2000. Be, oh, <laughs> it's 2000, well, they were, yeah. they
1: were a little forward in time. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just, it's hard for me to say good things about it. Like he has some good actions. Okay, action so, so say what you don't
0: like. What what don't you like about it? Because this is where I, I'm always curious is to hear what people don't like. Because I haven't <laughs> heard an argument yet that anyone said like this makes this like empirically, a bad film, and I, no one's been able to dissuade me of my uh, of my position. So let's well, see what I'm, you got. To say.
1: I'm gonna forget completely about the whole dubs and all of those things. The way the characters <laughs> are set up and the way they change how Ethan Hunt was built on the first one that's what I don't like. They made him like kind of like this. I don't know, kind of like James Bond and John McClane, who was like this invincible, invincible right. guy. And I don't like that because what's so awesome about Ethan Hunt, that he's he's mm-hmm. a really, it's not the words that I'm looking for, but it's like a nice person. He cares yeah. about people. He's not like, I don't know.
0: That's what he's, he's not a really, sociopath.
1: Exactly. He he's he's like I I have my friends and I care about them and in this film is like mm-hmm. I'm gonna go around and kill any anyone just because I need to accomplish my mission. And that's what I don't like and I feel the characters are completely flat and I think I already talked too many crap about this film now. Uh, we can go on with <laughs> John's opinion. I, I can talk about Mission Impossible
2: too. I don't yeah. have an opinion on Mission Impossible too. I watched it. <laughs> Uh, it's been a long time since I watched it. I'm gonna be yeah. honest with you, I don't really re-watch these things often. if uh, if I do, if it's for uh, it's for someone else. But I remember watching it and I remember thinking, Tom Cruise has longer hair and that was a nice <laughs> and that was and that's okay and Tom Cruise also did a pretty cool front wheelie on that motorcycle and he got a pretty nice shot and if that guy could talk after getting shot he'd probably say nice shot so <laughs> i think it was i, a, I, I don't remember it back. being a great movie i remember it being a very uh i remember it because it came out at a time when um that was a when it was released when I could go see it in theaters as yeah. opposed to the previous one, which I had to, you know, wait a little bit longer for that to to grow into Watch a Mission VHS, Impossible film.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I won't say it's a great film, but I'm sure it's
2: got say, its enjoyable elements. Elements, if yeah, I recall, no, I
0: think it's a very enjoyable film, and I, I I I watched it the other day, and I think this is like Tom Cruise in his <laughs> prime. Like he, I think he looks so good in this movie. Like, in the first one, he still has that, that, like, child, almost, like, boy-like quality to him. But I think in this one, he's he's four or five years older, and he just looks really, really good in the most heterosexual way. So handsome. God, <laughs> he was, he, like, he was I think that time man. was when
1: everybody loved him. Like, he was the biggest sex symbol in the world. Yeah, he was huge back then. That was, yeah. Pre,
0: yeah. That was pre-Oprah couch jumping. This definitely definitely pre-Oprah couch
2: that, jumping. I don't think it was long... I don't think it was long after that film came out that he was. I think he was probably promoting it at the time.
0: No, because that was like the. I think that was before. It was before the 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 third one came out. I think the third one is two thousand six or seven. But it, oh, I think that you're Tom right. Cruise couch yeah, jumping is like two thousand and three and four. I wouldn't but, say
2: that was that. Tom Tom Cruise had a long prime film era, and I liked. I liked oh, that yeah. element no, to Mission Impossible. His uh his naivety uh is uh, in it is quite nice and uh i i remember in that film anyways that not not like entire but it's just like he i don't know i always like i always like the origin of a story the most when i think of any type of film franchise it's always my favorite but uh in this sense like okay so you bring up mission impossible 2 and it's a deeply flawed movie to alex and uh it's okay to dan um, and you said, Alex, though, that he's, uh, he's out to basically just get the mission done and kill whoever's in his way. I feel like uh, that's an interesting contrast to the current film we're talking about, because he really has these struggles where it's all about, is the mission now more important than his friends' lives? That's an interesting yeah. struggle for these characters to have to, or this particular <laughs> character to have to deal with, or that he's evolved beyond this now. I didn't even really think about that because, like I said, all I saw were front wheelies
0: in Mission Impossible <laughs> <No>. Two. <laughs> I, I, don't know, I don't know. I don't know. I like. I don't know if it's like okay. So let me just finish my Mission Impossible Two defense. <laughs> I think, and then, and then I want to continue in that vein on the character because I have something to say about that too. But I think that the uh, Mission Impossible Two obviously has its flaws, but like I was watching that car sequence when they're driving on the cliff and they like spin out of control. And it's actually, it's a good sequence, but then they they do these things where they like cut into these close-ups of like the super slow motion close-ups with the music playing underneath, or they look at each other and it just brings it to this crazy element of cheesiness. But I think if you, if you were to lift out some of that stuff, it's still a very thrilling sequence. So I think there's a lot of good things in this movie and like the bones of it are pretty solid, I think. And like, I also like to put it in context of what else came out. So they were shooting this movie in, two, in 1999. And what came out in 1999 that changed cinema? The Matrix. The Matrix, exactly, and The Matrix was also being shot in Australia, so you can really feel the influence of The Matrix on this film, like, especially the fight scenes at the end where he's, like, he does, like, the backflip <clears throat> kick, so then they ride the motorbikes, and so they jump off the motorbikes and collide in the air. I laughed so hard at that. It's it's hilarious, but the style right. and, like, the the slow motion, it's, there's there's shots that are ripped right out of The Matrix. Yeah. Because, because they've seen this film and they're like, that's cool. That's amazing. We have to do that too. But the problem with that is that it's not the, f- it's, it's uh, what, do, what do you call it? It's not form matching the content. It's trying to use the wrong form for this content. The first film, it's so real. And like they, one of the things that they've established in the Mission Impossible series is like, yeah, this could potentially happen. But then in the second one, they got a little out of control. And I just started going crazy with it, and it doesn't match. And I think that's why people laugh so much at that film. Actually, I have a very distinct memory, John. Of being at your place with your parents and watching this. And your dad—no, uh, it's the scene where Tom Cruise is—he's pinned down in the lab, and then he turns to the girl. He says, "Just stay alive. I'm not gonna lose you." <laughs> and I remember your dad bursting out laughing in the viewing of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What's so funny?" He's like, "Oh, it's just—it's very funny." So I remember that. Like, it
2: it probably was. My dad never really appreciated uh, Tom Cruise that much for his acting. (laughs) I think he appreciated him for his uh, unintentional laughs. Yeah, it
0: was—it was very funny. So every time I see that scene, yeah. Anyway, and I'm sure I
2: think it was pretty funny too if I was to see it again. But, yeah, uh, I mean
0: it is like I I, I enjoy it though. I laugh and I have a good time watching the film. I think uh, a lot of it is pretty cool.
2: Mm. Yeah, I thought it, it was it was okay. I,
1: I I like technically talking like I remember those slow motion shots to be so yeah. bad. Like they are awful. not. They're not really slow motion. Like I think yeah. at most they shot at thirty frames and then they slowed it down and you can see how yeah. like, choppy they are. It's yeah. bad. And now that I, I was thinking of it. John Woo is a terrible director. Like he's just it's like Michael Bay. He focuses Mm -hmm. on action. Like he knows how to get nice shots on. Brian De Palma is a director who focuses on characters. So yeah, yeah, like it's just completely normal that you see this this contrast and you see a guy that doesn't know how to direct actors and he doesn't know how to do slow motion.
0: Yeah, and literally going and seeing The Matrix and be like, I have to do that in my film. I feel like that's.
1: But I need the of... doves there. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, the doves, yeah. They're but now so I
1: great.
2: think that the Mission Impossible franchise has, there aren't many films that you that brag or uh, showcase the stunt work like yeah. The Matrix used to. That I would say that they're still, this film kept it innovative to keep it exciting. And they're kind of, like I've mentioned before, carrying that torch still, right? There, oh, yeah. there's a 100%. lot, there's a lot of, uh, yeah, like you, you, you see the stunt work, you see the real, the realism going on, and you can appreciate that. A lot of films, you just assume all that stuff CG, and uh, most of it is, and there's certainly mm-hmm. a lot of that happening in this film too. Um, Do you
1: guys remember the shot with the knife from Mr. Impossible Two when the eye is like, yes, like
0: yes, like yeah, two, yeah, one yeah.
1: <laughs> millimeter close to the eye, like that was impressive. Yeah. Like they build a rig to stop the knife right. On Tom Cruise's eye. It's insane. Yeah. Like, it's completely practical. I oh, would, I didn't know maybe, that. I would have never accepted doing that. Like, you could lose an eye and be a pirate for the rest of your life.
0: <laughs> pirate Tom Cruise. Yeah, Jack Sparrow.
1: I'm <laughs> sure they
0: would have worked that
2: into the next films for yeah, Tom Cruise. Yeah, he could be happened. like Snake. Oh, wait, wait a minute. What was that German film he did? The uh Valkyrie. Uh, there you go, Valkyrie. Oh, yeah, yeah right.
1: <laughs> that was bad. That was bad.
2: <laughs> I just couldn't get over the uh, the mix of accents in the German army.
1: Why would Tom Cruise be a German? Like, I don't get it. He doesn't look at all like a, like a Nazi soldier. It just doesn't make sense.
2: Yeah, nothing really made sense in that film. Um, how did you guys feel about Henry Cavill in this uh, particular film?
1: I... Superman? i i liked him i think he showcased that he's more than what he has done for the past couple of years to superman like he showed that he can actually play a bad guy and a good guy at the same time like i don't know i think he he did a good job he's not an amazing actor but he's he he showcased his abilities and that's good
0: yeah and I, i i like exactly what you said earlier john this is another example of a good character twist you know like i and i feel like the trailers did a really good and really responsible job of not giving that away they kind of hint at it slightly in the trailer but they didn't give it away entirely that he was a traitor so i i like that about this character it was a good little twist
2: i wasn't entirely impressed with uh henry cavill in this film i have to say there's uh i i don't think he was bad i just was kind of a little bit underwhelmed at points yeah, by sure. his performance but if but you I compare
1: do... it to how he was in, I don't know, Batman v Superman, here do you see? I actually,
2: Batman? I like, I like Henry Cavill a lot. I think he's great. I like him as Superman. I'm actually, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I would, I would to uh, say we should analyze uh, Man of Steel because I actually am a big fan of that film, and I thought Henry Cavill was quite good in that. But I think he does a great job of playing that kind of of a benevolent. Um, You know, calm, good-hearted being, and that's why he fits Mm -hmm. so well into that role. Uh, And I'm not saying I looked at him as Superman in this film, and I I don't try to do that. But I did think that I don't know, he just has a way of uh, delivering sometimes that just feels a little bit underwhelming, especially in a villain in a villain setting. Uh, I don't know Mm. the gritting teeth and all that stuff. It just at times I wasn't. I was like, come on, Henry. You're so nice. You know, as, uh, <laughs> I, it was, I don't know. I just didn't feel as, uh, but maybe that's, maybe some people found that to be a good part of the story. Cause I mean, he does, he is supposed to kind of carry this, uh, you know, this, be- he's supposed to make you believe that he's not a bad guy he's just kind of a, a jerk that was tagging along to keep uh, Ethan Hunt mm-hmm. in line right I did yeah. find there to be some quite cheesy moments with him at the beginning despite how great that skydiving scene was and how well oh, filmed it was I thought so that was good. fantastic but uh, when he got right before right when he got struck by lightning or right before he's like uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't remember what he says to to Ethan Hunt It just, it it was just kind of a little bit laughable for me. So there's always kind of those cheesy elements. And I felt like Henry Cavill at points, just the way he delivers didn't really uh, help it much. If I'm being honest. And and that's not to say I don't like Henry Cavill. I think he's awesome. But it's just in that. uh, And I'd say probably for at least two thirds of the movie, I was just like, eh,
1: meh. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I don't think that these movies are known for their acting masterpieces, right? Like even Alec Baldwin is experience of an actor that he has. Like oh. he has some laughable moments, man. Like well, I
2: yeah, was saying, I was saying this as I left the film. I was like, Alec Baldwin is almost like because of how much I'm aware of his his body of work and even just him yeah. as a as a as an impersonator, sketch actor mm-hmm. on SNL, and just all of the and the, his entire body of work has just given me such a incredible respect for him. Even on Thirty Rock, yeah. I just love uh, Jack oh, Lemon. Yeah. Like he's, uh, yeah. or sorry, not Jack. That's Lemon. the only reason I watch Jack, that Jack, show. Uh, what's, uh, what's, I don't really le- care for that show. But <laughs> Jack Lemon. What's his uh, What's his last name? Is Jack something? In the show,
0: I, I thought it was Lemon. Anyway.
2: Anyways, no, it's Liz Lemon, is the main character. Uh, but anyways, he's just, he's almost too good. You know, like he's almost too perfect at deliveries. It's like, that's good. That's great. Yeah.
1: Forget about me. You need to accomplish
2: something. His voice is so perfect. His delivery is Mm. like so crafted. (laughs) It's just like, it's like a packaged, a perfect packaged Alec Baldwin. And I was just like, I loved him. But at the same time, I was just like, I, and I'm not saying I'm like, I'm like, I'm not getting 30 rock vibes. It's just like, he's too good. Like he's in almost yeah. a funny way. Like it's uh, well, yeah. It's too refined. Like, that's he's such a. I'm just like man. He's smart and well read, and he could he could have written this film probably better. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's so talented, and then I'm like, he's yeah, so it's talented. still not doing it for me right now. I don't know why. It's just there's something.
0: He's a, he's too good to be true. That man. I love Alec Baldwin. It the, yeah, yeah, was he's an awesome. amazing. But I laughed work. both. I laughed both times I saw it when he pulls the gun on Henry Cavill. Yeah. And uh, he's like, that was unloaded. loaded. What do you think about this one? He like whips out the gun and he yeah. does it in such like a, a like a hilarious way. It's a very it's thinking, a very
2: uh, it's a very comedic uh, gun yeah. gun whip. Like, yeah, yeah,
0: it was very, very like, funny. But then ah, gotcha. I thought about it. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> I thought about it. But I was like, if that was an acting decision, like if he thought about that. And delivered that movement that way, that it was really, really good because it is exactly the way someone who doesn't work in the field would pull a gun. Well, you he know? would be trained, Dan. That's what the whole thing is. He's the boss. No, man. no, no. He he's worked the, his he's, way up. He's the boss man.
2: Yeah, he's a bureaucrat. He's not a. He's not a field agent. Oh, but he would be trained in arms. Sure, I'm just saying though. <laughs> in like weapons. I'm just
0: giving this. i I think it was silly, and it was made me laugh both times I saw it. But. If he did intentionally do that decision as an actor, be like, I'm going to pull this gun this way, that it was great.
2: Okay. Yeah, sure. Fine. Why not? I did that that's
0: what I, I, thought I thought
2: that whole scene was a little bit uh on the cheesy side for me with uh, <laughs> Alec Baldwin. Sure. Yep. It, like I said, yep. he's almost uh he's almost too good that he it comes across as cheesy. And when he died, it was like it was like, Ugh, I'm dead. <laughs> but also like a great... uh, avenge me <laughs> yeah it was uh, but then again I, like yeah like Alec Baldwin I'm, I'm looking at his face right here and I, I on the credits and I, I just can't help but love the man hey. that man he's a beautiful man. man I do the, go into the these best. films I will say that I did go into this film with a I, and an an abnormal an abnormal sense of uh expect uh, abnormally high expectations because I had heard such great things about it. Yeah. And I will say that I pro I wish that I didn't go in there with that because I did kind of look at it through a much more like, oh, okay. Critical lens. Hmm. I did think again, like the villains were um there was a good balancing of, uh, you know, mystery and who's the bad guy and all that stuff, which was very reminiscent of the first one. Uh, mm. And there's always there's, you know, who's who's uh, the treacherous person here. And, uh, you know, yeah. I did. I There were points where I was like, oh, maybe it's not Henry Cavill. I did think he was at first. And then I thought his uh, the CIA, um, his boss. What's what was her name? I can't even remember. Um, the director the, uh, of the CIA. Is that who she was? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I can't remember who she is. What's her name? Angela Bassett Anyways. is uh, the actress's name, I believe. Uh, Anyways. So, yeah, she, Angela Bassett. I thought I that uh, there was a lot of there's there's a lot of juggling of characters back and forth. Like, you know, who's who's the bad person? Who is the true villain here? And I thought they yeah. did a good job of keeping that mysterious. But at the same time, I did think that there was uh there were moments of absurdity again. Sure, yeah. We have but to talk I, I thought about it was Salomon Lane. Like,
1: we need to talk about Salomon Lane.
0: Solomon Lane.
2: Yeah, Solomon the guy Lester.
1: with the lazy voice.
2: You actually this do a pretty good for uh, Solomon, Solomon, Solomon
1: Lane. Oh, both of us are doing it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Together, it sounds perfect.
1: We should do but. it in the next film. <laughs> I, I felt that I sounded like uh, Christian Bale.
2: Yeah, I did. Swear to me. I thought I thought he was. Did you like him as a villain? I mean, a, a I, continuing
1: I, villain. I I I loved him on the on on Rogue Nation, but here I felt that his motives were kind of all over the place, and it was more mm. about vengeance than his real objective. That it was like destroying the world. It felt more like I need to avenge. Well find revenge against uh, Ethan Hunt. And that's what I didn't like about his character, that he became more selfish and not so like... More
0: personally motivated. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So you want your villains to be almost like... um, What is the word for it? Selfless. It's not about them, it's about the cause.
1: not, Not every time, but with this one, I think that's what he was supposed to be. Because they, the way they show him on the fifth one, is this guy who has who's part of an organization that's willing to mm. destroy the world to show them that they yeah. are doing wrong, and he's like a terrorist, right? Like those Arab guys who mm. just like, completely, they don't care if they die; they just want to accomplish their mission. And here I felt that I was like, I, I just need to go kill Ethan Hunt, kill his wife, kill his lover, kill whoever has any interest on him, and I think that it kind of goes back to the character Philip Seymour Hoffman on the third one. yeah, Because he does the same thing, but it works with him because that's the way they develop him, is this villain who is willing to kill everyone who stands on his way. But but this one, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I always get a little amused when uh, the villains go to get their revenge, and they're like, I'm going to kill Ethan's woman, right? And it's like, instead of just you know, having her killed, he goes to the extent of blowing up two nuclear bombs in order to hurt Ethan. Yeah. Uh, hang on a sec, guys. Keep going.
1: Dan's got a phone call. What do you? Th- yeah. What do you think, John?
2: Uh, well, I actually thought that I didn't mind him as a as a villain. I I didn't feel like he. With so many people kind of juggling back and forth between who was the who's the real bad guy, I kind of felt like Ethan Hawk, or sorry, I, I feel like I've said Ethan <laughs> Hawk once. Have I said Ethan Hawk already? No, Ethan Hawk was Hunt? the first
0: time I heard okay.
2: Ethan Hawk. See, I thought I said it the first time like, did I say Ethan Hawk at the beginning? And then I was like I was like, I'll, I'll just make sure I don't say it at all cuz I don't think I did. And then I just I I thought about it so much that I eventually changed <laughs> it in my it own in mind. mind. No. Anyways, I thought that Ethan Hunt was uh, with so many villains. I felt like he was, he was fighting against himself, I guess, in a way. I don't want to get. I, I did feel like there were some, there were some themes that were definitely trying to be accomplished in this, but I, I just feel like he was trying to, he was just trying to preserve that the expectation of himself to sacrifice himself for people close to him, and that was it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, the the whole bomb thing was uh, obviously a, a, a grand-scale thing, but I never really... You never really are focused in on the fact that, oh, my God, they're actually going to destroy the world. It is kind of amazing that it's like you're really you're just honing in on uh, Ethan Ethan Hunt's inner circle of yeah. people. Right. This whole time and his his team, his 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 uh, ex lovers that he still has feelings for and his, you know, next or his other, you know, soon to be committed relationship Bay whatever <laughs> you want to call her. But I I don't know, he's, like, these are all, the villains, I think they did an okay job of kind of making them not the most important. Like, the world is going to end. It was more, like, it was him striving to preserve the things that he's kind of come to realize are important to him, I guess, more so than his missions. You know, again, back to the MI2 thing, the mission's all important. Now it's not so much that. The mission is just keeping what's important to him going, but they do talk about how much he's like, he's basically, he just wants to save the world. He doesn't want to save the world. He wants to save his
0: world. Well, that's true. And I think that's kind of a nice thing about it. And I think we should kind of maybe finish up here is that I like this, this character of Ethan Hunt, as opposed to James Bond, because they, they, well, not that I don't like James Bond. I love James Bond, but, they they keep it very personal like that and and like if you're in a situation like that all you're really fighting for is to save your world like you said right like
2: he's not you know. necessarily fighting injustice or criminals yeah. or something bigger he's not fighting something bigger than himself necessarily all he's doing is it is amazing they they uh, it's funny that superman should be in this film because they really kind of painted uh, Ethan Hunt in this film as this kind of uh self sacrificial, um, you know, uh, like he's a he's a basically a superhero that is like he's overlook, he's overseeing the world. like he wants the world is going yes. to end and he is its messiah in some he's its selfless Messiah, really. He's kind yeah. of got a bit of a Messiah complex going on on a smaller scale than Superman, because you're like, he's not, is he really saving the world? Yes, you don't really get that impression. But again, it's like, it's very focused in on, you know, the people that are close to him. So it has that kind of benevolent superhero kind of vibe to it. Um, But he's also, it's a very, it's not on a macro scale like Superman is. It's a very, it still felt quite focused in micro. And I'm not saying that this is an amazing film by any means, and they, but I do feel like they were trying to kind of play with that theme a lot, in this mm. uh, in this particular film. Uh, that's what I noticed, anyway. Yeah, no,
0: the, the the friendship was was all throughout. It starts at the very beginning with friendship, right? Like, and and Ethan's always saying like, "I won't let anything happen to you," and I think that's cool. I think that's nice to see a character, you know, a James Bond type character with, uh, with roots and with friends and. These are the things that he really fights for rather than James Bond, who is just about the bigger himself. picture. Like James yeah. yeah, well, not even himself, you know. Like he James Bond has never has a consistent girlfriend. He never has someone who carries through and 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 that's what I liked about this is that Ethan is this very pure uncorruptible hero, you know? He never gets jaded, he's not a sociopath. He takes everything in stride, and he keeps his friends and his his family, essentially, in focus. And that's that's what he works for. And I think that's cool. It's, it's a nice touch. It's a nice thing to have such a, a clean-cut superhero today when everyone is so, like, there's so much anti-hero going on. You know, everyone has <clears throat> mixed qualities of good and bad. And I think it's kind of nice to have a hero that's, that is like Ethan Hunt, and he's very simple and uncorruptible. And I, yeah. I kind of like that
2: i think they over the franchise too they've kind of done a decent at least uh, i i really i i really feel like this theme or this feeling i I wouldn't necessarily say it's a feeling but in the first one there's like a i remember feeling like this certain it's not pure it's not like he is like a he is like a, a a someone who's just trying to do good but like there's a certain i don't know how to say it but there's a there's a certain darkness or perversion almost to the the cause of the like the the treachery, the backstabbing mm-hmm. that happens within it. It's not like your conventional like I'm a good superhero uh trying to save the world type of character. He there's a little bit more of this like uh corrupt side to the film that you these films that you've kind of that that have carried through pretty well, I would say. And I would say that it still exists within this. Like he has a dark, he, there's a dark, there are dark elements that are juggled in this film that I think are well contrasted to a character that really does just want to do good. Like he is like your kind of classic hero in a, in a realistic sort of world sometimes, Uh, not entirely, but I don't know. It's, it's hard to put, put your thumb on it, but. Yeah, I I think they did an okay job with it. I I didn't hate the film. I didn't think it was the most amazing thing, but I thought they did it. They they tried to bring some themes through, and that's wrong, Jono. You either love it or or you
1: hate it. That's (laughs) how things go today. That's
0: right. There's no in between. Yeah, there's no
1: in between. If if you're in between, you're wrong. Yeah, Yeah,
0: like but he does. He
2: does he does strive for right and uh, getting like when he when he's brought into that. Uh, the white widow's kind of circle and he, mm-hmm. he 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 set he puts himself in a situation where they the plan goes he 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 sideswipes them and goes for his own plan he's he's mm-hmm. always serving the right as best he can yeah. what he thinks is right
1: yeah and he tries to save as much people as he can like he never yeah. goes around and shoots like remember that scene with the cop with yes. uh with the woman yeah, yeah. like you see how much he's struggling like, no. he, he's really like, I, I don't want to shoot you. Like, he, that's, mm-hmm. that's a really important moment for him as a character. And that goes to what you guys were saying. He cares about people. He's not, yeah. he's not that selfish guy. Like, some other guy would just shoot her and go on with her mission. Mm. But, yeah. yeah. So, you want to grade well, the movie? Get- you want to rate it? From...
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think that's good, Jonah. What do you give this movie? <laughs> uh, I feel like
2: we should almost do this at the beginning, so there's no surprises, uh, and then you can all like be like, "What?" I think I'd probably give it a six <laughs> out of ten. A six out of ten, really? Okay, yeah. See, wow. I knew wow. you guys would say that. I can't. Yeah. Okay, I would if. Uh, I just didn't think it. I, I wasn't in love with it. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I, I would. I would say it was uh, fun. But the cheesy, Uh, it was fun, it was entertaining, it was high energy. Story had some lots, there were quite a few cheesy moments for me. And uh, it was, some of the acting was a little bit uh, on the funny side for me. And uh, I I would say (laughs) that some of the story was just like, there were points where I did kind of like feel like, all right, I'm losing a, I'm losing the plot a little bit here, but okay. There was a lot of exposition. Yeah, you mentioned this earlier, Alex, but like I felt there was a lot. There were some moments with a lot of exposition from villains saying their motives, and uh, I, and I didn't, and I, you can tell those moments So when they're too obvious. It's, yeah, I, I don't know. So yeah, it, I would put enough. it so at China a six or a seven, six, six or a 7 would yeah. be nice. Yes, yeah, so let's say okay. seven. Okay.
1: All right. All right. It's more than
0: a pass. Alex, what do you give it?
1: I give it a nine.
0: Oh, a nine. Very, very nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I love this film. I really, really enjoyed it. It was one of the most enjoyable cinema-going experiences I've had in a long time. I think I'm to go eight and a half as well. Well, not as well. No one else went eight and a half. But I'm gonna go eight and a half. I really, really liked it. No, no, no. I'm gonna go nine. I liked it that much. Now you can say as well.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: All right. All right. Well, well that'll uh that'll do it for Mission Impossible, guys. This was a lot of fun. It was a lot uh, of fun. I hope everyone else listening enjoyed it as well. So um yeah, for film oh wait, I should mention just before we go that we also are the IMF. We are the international men of film.
1: Exactly. That's what we are.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i have in Sydney. John is in Vancouver and Alex is in Mexico City. So for the IMF, I'm Dan. I'm Alex. And I'm Jono. See you
1: around, kids.
2: See
0: you guys another day.